There are several exits on this aircraft in the event of an emergency. At this time, please fasten your seatbelts as we are preparing for takeoff. And welcome aboard. Welcome to another episode of It's Just a Talk. My name is Mauricio. I am your host, and this is It's Just a Talk podcast, your political, queer, Latinx, millennial, and shady podcast. This is episode 040. That means episode 40. And today's episode is being brought to you by La Magia de la Vida. I know you're probably thinking, what the hell are you talking about, Maudie? But let me explain, okay? They have to explain. So, this weekend, I was, like, in a meeting with some, you know, BIPOC folks with my job. Um, and they were like, oh, like, what is something magical that happened to you? Or what's the last magical thing that you remember happening? You know, I see Disney, you know, I was gonna be like, oh, boy, I went to Disney. But I was like, no, that's like not real magic. No, that's like, I used to work there. Yo me acuerdo que no era de real. You know, it wasn't real magic. I remember that. Oh, if I run the magic for y'all, I'm sorry. <laughs> but no, that real. And so I was like, oh, you know what? Me and my therapist have been working on me just like really honing in my own power. And the fact that like, no, it wasn't luck that I am where I am in my life. Era la magia en la vida. And so I like said that. Like I was like, oh, like me like really working on my own power has like shown the magic that like I am like we are we all are magical especially queer people of color bitch we magic entonces everybody was like oh la magia de la vida and I was like yes baby la magia de la vida so this episode episode 40 is being brought to you by la magia de la vida and I really hope that you are able to find that magic within your life because baby you are magical, okay? Um, and if you're not, then maybe you're like Giselle Bunchen and you're like a witch. Sorry, Tom Brady. <laughs> if you ready, I'm ready. So let's get this party started, y'all. <laughs> All right, all right. Welcome to the first segment of the podcast. I was going to say next segment, but technically it's the first segment. So me trave la lengua. Um, and just like that, where I talk about things that are happening right now, things that are happening to me, that had happened to me, that I just want to, you know, tell you some chisme about. Uh, so this month, the month of October, is actually Filipino American History Month. And I wanted to teach us some history, y'all. So Filipino History American History Month is in the month of October because it commemorates the first migration, but actually the first recorded migration of Filipinos on the United States, which the first recorded one was October 18, 1587, and they docked in what is now Morro Bay, California. Morro Bay is close to like San Luis Obispo, so like Central California, and it's also in October because it commemorates um, farm worker social activist and leader Larry Ithleong, who worked alongside Dolores Huerta and Cesar Chavez and all these other leaders to be able to get 
farm workers' rights in the 70s. And so ever since then, Filipino American History Month was a thing or became a thing. And so we we obviously celebrate Filipino Americans all year long, which you should, but I do. I celebrate my Filipino American all year long. For two years now, to be exact. Pero, in the month of March is, I mean March, the March, the month of October is Filipino American History Month. So, Messiah, Filipino American History Month to all the Filipinos that are listening to this. If you don't know what Messiah means, Messiah means happy in Tagalog, which is one of the many dialects that is spoken in the Philippines. Uh, another thing that happened that we recently heard about is that baby girl Rihanna is going to be performing at the Super Bowl this upcoming Super Bowl in February. It was announced by the NFL, and we were all hella surprised. And the only way that we found out is because she posted a picture of her hand holding a football. That was it. That's literally all she posted, and people were going crazy. I can't tell you the amount of times that I saw it on my timeline on Twitter, but also in people's stories. Like, you would think that one post person reposting it would make me realize, oh, Rihanna's performing at the Super Bowl. But when all 1,355 people that you follow reposted... You know, I guess I'm great in your head that Rihanna is performing at the Super Bowl. You know what else is ingrained in my head? No woman, no cry. No woman, no cry. The song from the Wakanda Forever, uh, the Black Panther Wakanda Forever trailer, teaser trailer that was released a couple uh, weeks ago. And then this past week, we got a full-length trainer, trainer, trailer. And baby girl, cuando te digo que he is ready for Wakanda Forever, él está listo. Look, my white pants arrived today. I ordered white pants. And I have this white shirt que tiene como, you know, Mexican... Like regalia on the buttons, and then I'm gonna wear my waraches, and I'm gonna do my hair real nice because you know for the premiere we were in white. If you did not hear this, if you don't know this, you you're hearing it here right now. This is breaking news, everybody! Breaking news on Wakanda Forever premiere. We are wearing white. I hope y'all know that we're wearing white. If you are not a person of color, um. Please do not wear other people's cultures. Um, if you're not black, please do not wear the shiki to the premiere. I will smack you up the head. Please, if you're not black or African-American or African or Afro-Latino or any, you know, if you don't have enough melanin, baby girl, respect. That's all I got to say. Another thing that need, people need to learn respect in is last week or two weeks ago, uh, soon after the last episode dropped, it was Folsom Weekend here in San Francisco. And if you don't know what Folsom Weekend is, um, imagine all the things your mom warned you about out in the street. <laughs> it's the best way I can describe it. So Folsom Weekend is basically like kink weekend there's a kink fair that sunday and when i say kink baby girl i mean kink i mean things are gonna gonna get me banned on tiktok or on all my social medias if i talk about it okay anything that you can think of that people could be into 
you see there. There's a reason I don't go to the fair, baby girl. I went to the fair. I used to go to the... I've gone to the fair maybe like twice since I've lived in this in the Bay Area. Y no me gusta ir ya porque it's not my cup of tea, you know? Like, I feel like weird watching people like do things that turn them on in public. You also see a lot you also see a, a lot of eggplant on the public and not the eggplant that grows in weeds like the eggplant is in your pants. You just see it out there. It's just just dangling out there in, during the street fair. And you know what, baby girl? Some things should be left at home. Pero ese fin de semana, I went to my very first circuit party. Porque, you know, I was like, you know what? I'm in my 30s. That's what I'm going to say. Y nunca he ido a un circuit party. So quiero ir. If you don't know what a circuit party is, it's basically like a gay rave with a lot less clothes and a lot more sets. It's not a bathhouse. And if you don't know what a bathhouse is, we gotta get into that some other time. But basically, it's like EDM music. So like DJ's EDM. It's toda la noche. Like, este party, the circuit party que, que I went to was from 9 p.m. to 8.30 in the morning. And because it's full some weekend, everybody wears like harnesses and stuff. I was wearing something real scrimpy. I was wearing a harness and that attached to my, it literally clipped on to like the underwear that I was wearing. I'm not going to say what type of underwear I was wearing, but you know, decency. And then I was wearing these like shorts, getting kind of like see-through over my underwear. So you could still see my underwear if you like looked really hard. Pero, like, I wasn't out there, like, you know, with my butthole out. Pero it was something, girl. It was something. It, like, so many people were on drugs. And I, if y'all did not know, she don't do drugs, okay? She don't do drugs. I am the drug. Look, I always tell people, I don't do drugs because people do drugs to, like, have fun and to, like, heighten their senses y para tener más energía. And I always tell people, as somebody that has ADHD... Baby girl, I don't need a drug. I have enough energy. I am fun in itself. And I'm always going to find, you know, the positivity in things that I'm doing. No importa que sea haciendo, I'm going to find that positivity, okay? So I don't need drugs, baby. I am to drug. But there was also a lot of, like, um, I'd be dancing. And then I would look to the side and be like, oh, they're getting head. Okay. And then I'd be dancing. And then, like, 10 minutes later, I looked to the other side. I was like, oh. He's putting in the butt, and I'll be like, oh, my God, these men out here, we were just really just having sex in public. And it wasn't like everybody was partaking in the sexual experiences, but there was enough people que se notaba. You know what I mean? Se notaba. And so I have fun, and I'm I'm proud of myself que me que hasta como a las siete de la mañana. But, bitch, I was tired the next day. I was tired for, like, a week because, you know, she in her 30s. She didn't built like that anymore. <laughs> Another thing that I don't understand, and I feel like I really have to talk about this. So, I don't know if a lot of, I don't know if a lot of you saw, but the new Jeffrey Dahmer show came out on Netflix. And I really don't understand the infatuation with Jeffrey Dahmer. Like, 
it recently became the number two most streamed show ever of the history of Netflix. And it blows my mind that people are actually really interesting in relieving, reliving queer people's like trauma. Like, you do understand that this man was killing and eating black and brown queer men. Like, this is not, like, a made-up shit. Like, this actually happened. These families have to relive this trauma every day. I just don't understand the infatuation with serial killers like that. I feel like somebody needs to explain to this. Me to this, because I don't get it. Pero, I... Yeah, I don't get it. I don't know. I, I feel like I can't talk about it anymore. If you've seen the show, good for you. I have not seen that show. I don't plan to see the show. I can't see a show where people that look like me are getting killed and eaten. It's a lot, girl. It's a lot. Mm -mm. We ain't doing that. Not for me. But you know what we are doing? We're going to go to our next segment, our Did You Know segment. So I'll see you there, y'all. Welcome to the next seminar podcast, Did You Know? And today we're going to talk about modern day colonialism in Mexico City. So a lot of people in Mexico City are calling this phenomenon gentrification or modern day colonialism. And that is Americans moving to Mexico and specifically Mexico City in order to work from home there and save money on rent here in the United States. But what is... What it's doing, it's really affecting folks in Mexico. So records show that about 1.6 million Americans are currently living in, in Mexico as permanent residents. And in the last couple of years, about 5.3 million Americans have traveled to Mexico and overstayed over more than 10 days, which by statistics show that if they're staying for over 10 days, that means that they might be living there. And these people are known as digital nomads. So there's basically people that are moving to Mexico, Mexico because it's cheap, not because they want to immerse themselves in the culture. And the locals are fed up, just an hartos, they're over it. So that means that rents have doubled in Mexico City, and a lot of local businesses have gone out of business because they can no longer afford the rents in Ciudad Mexico. And in its place, there's luxury apartments are being being built, businesses that used to be like local mom and pops are now like yoga or Pilates studios or these hipster locations like cafes or internet cafes where these digital nomads can work from home. And the problem is that they're still making U.S. money, but they're living in Mexico making Estados Unidos money. Locals are fed up that not only are they living here, but they're not respecting the social norms or the cultural norms that the people of Mexico have follow. And some places even say that English is now more often heard than Spanish. And so if you're thinking about moving to Mexico, bitch, don't be that bitch. Don't be a gentrifier. Don't move to Mexico. The people are struggling. And this segment was... Did you know? I'll see you in the next segment, y'all. 
Welcome to our next segment of the podcast, our QTBIPOC of the episode, which basically means our queer, trans, black, indigenous, person of color, or people of color of the episode. And we're going to kick off this QT BIPOC of the episode with Miss Taylor Hell. If you have not heard or if you don't watch Big Brother, I'm sorry, I'm going to clog your ears with Big Brother again. So Taylor Hale became the very first black female winner of Big Brother. Big Brother U.S., this is the 24 season. That means that for 24 seasons, not one black woman had won Big Brother. And FYI, last year, the 23rd season was the very first time a black person period, won a regular season of Big Brother. So it took 23 seasons for a regular black person to win, and then it took 24 seasons for a black woman to win. And this woman and that speech, when I tell you I shed a couple tears listening to this woman give this speech about why she should win, what stuck out, she said, I'm not a victim, I'm a victor. I'm not a shield. I'm a sword. And I was like, oh, yes, bitch. Y cuando ganó, mm, it was bittersweet. Porque ganó against somebody that was like, at the beginning of the show, was talking shit about her. So it was bittersweet. And it was also karma. Porque for the first couple of weeks, everybody was trying to get her out of the show. And baby, ella ganó. What what you know about that? Maybe Giselle Bunchen was also praying and doing Santeria for Taylor Hell. <laughs> Somebody else that we just can will be talking about for weeks is Mr. Tenoch Huerta, who if you have been living under a rock, is the Mexican actor, the indigenous Mexican actor that will be playing Namor in Wakanda Forever, Black Panther 2. Entonces, the new trailer came out, and when I tell you that I see his indigenous regalia y me sales lágrimas en la cara, I'm like, I'm, I am so geeked to see this man on this movie. I don't care what this man does. I'm going to back him up. Just to see somebody that looks like me, bitch. Like, he literally skin, melanin like me, brown like me, Latino like me, indigenous like me. Oh, it just feels so good to see. Another thing that looks really good, is really good to see from Latinos is I want to shout out Dr. Frank Rubio, who will become the first of a Dorian to go to space in a couple of weeks. So, all right, shout out to all the Salbies. And then finally, I want to shout out Lizzo. Because if you did not know, Lizzo, in her most recent concert in Washington, D.C., played a 209-year-old flute, crystal flute. And yeah, you're like, whatever, she played her flute and she twerked. But there's more to that, okay? This flute belonged to President James Madison. The same American president who invented and put into law the the three-fifths compromise that said that black people were three-fifths of a person. I hope you're following me. The maker of these flutes, Claude Laurent, made this flute 
for James Madison in 1813. This flute then traveled through Jane Madison's family and finally was given to a doctor as payment but one of James Madison's grandsons years later. When this doctor died, he donated the flute to the Smithsonian. Then the family decided to donate this and hundreds of other instruments to the Library of Congress. This whole time, since 1813, nobody had played that flute. And then the Library of Congress allowed Lisso to not only play the flute, but twerk while playing James Madison's flute. And you know why that's amazing? Because you know that fucking bitch is rolling in his fucking grave knowing that this powerful black woman is playing his flu and twerking his and twerking her ass in Washington DC a city that was literally built by slaves so bitch shout out to Lizzo <laughs> and with that we're going to go to our next segment of the podcast today in the country i'll see you there y'all <laughs> Welcome back to our next segment of the podcast, Today in the Country, where we talk about shit that is happening in this country, and I got a lot of shit to talk about today. First off, we're going to start with something positive. So, as of recent, President Biden issued a federal pardon for all marijuana possessions, meaning that all people federally that are in federal prison, they went to prison because they had a uh, marijuana, they they were in possession of marijuana, will be released or be pardoned. He also recommended that all governors in the United States also pardon folks that are not necessarily in uh, federal prison, but in county jail for marijuana possession. A lot of governors have already started that process of pardoning folks because of marijuana possessions, but some governors are being assholes and have decided that that will not work for their state. Uh, governors like Greg Abbott, who recently said that letting people go out of prison because they're there for marijuana possession will not work for his state. It makes me wonder that maybe it will not work for his state because he is making money out of these people that are in prison for marijuana possession, which traditionally are predominantly black and brown people that are in prison for possession of marijuana because predominantly white people make money out of marijuana, don't go to jail for having marijuana or being in possession of marijuana. I'm just saying uh, the majority of marijuana growers or marijuana sellers um, in the country where marijuana is legal are whitey or white. So this is why it's a big deal when it's a black-owned marijuana dispensary or a woman-owned dispensary or a person of color-owned dispensary because there's not a lot of those. Because if it's making money, usually the white people are making money out of it. No offense, but that's that's how statistics work. And the majority of people that are in prison for marijuana possession are usually black and brown people. Usually black and brown men. So this is one of the things that Biden 
ran on. He promised in his during his campaign that he would decriminalize and pardon folks who uh, are in federal prison for possession of marijuana. So good shit. Now we started with something good. We're gonna go to something that has been making its rounds. So it is no surprise to anybody, and if you have living under been living under a rock, you probably have not heard this. But most recently, it came out that about a year ago, recordings came out of LA City Council President Nuri Martinez, Council Member Kevin De Leon, and Council Member Jill Cedillo. In in this in these recordings, they were saying things that were not only racist, anti-indigenous, but also homophobic. In the recordings, you hear Nuri Martinez saying, comparing one of the council members, one of the queer council members' black child, saying that he is like a little monkey, como un changuito. He, you can also hear them talking about Oaxacan indigenous people, saying que están feitos, that they're ugly. They say it in both languages, that they're dumb. And they also start talking about the district attorney and how we can't count on the district attorney because the district attorney is with the blacks. So not only is this embarrassing and it's disgraceful, it's what happens when Latino people side with white supremacy. This is what these things happen. It's when people in power are not there to serve the people, but they're there to divide people in order to stay in power. Because that's what they're doing. They're essentially dividing indigenous, black, brown, and queer people for votes because they were talking about redistricting the districts based on how they could get votes. No, we can't get votes here because we're the blacks. No, we can get votes there because the Oaxacans are ugly and dumb. No, we don't like that council member because he's queer and they're raising his son like a little white kid. What that little changuito needs is a beating. That's what they were saying. So when I'm saying that these people are no longer fit to be in the roles that they are, they need to resign. Because to be in a role of leadership, you need to work for all people. Not just people that look like you, not just people that vote for you, but for all people in whatever district or area that you're serving. And so Nuri Martinez, Kevin De Leon, and Jose Dillo, even though your term ends in December, you all need to resign. Stepping down from being the president of the council is not enough. You need to resign. None of us want you there. I don't even live in LA anymore, baby girl. And I know that nobody wants you in the city council anymore. Your thriving political careers are now over because you sided with white supremacy. That's all. And with that, we're going to go to our next segment of the podcast, Hoy en el Mundo. I'll see you there, y'all. Yeah, 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 yeah. Welcome back to our next segment of the podcast, Hoy en el Mundo, where we talk about things that are happening in the world because we're not alone here in this country. And we're going to go all the way to Iran, where protests have continued. 
So protests began on September 16th after it was discovered that 22-year-old Masa Amini was killed by the police while in custody and that she was brought in custody or she was arrested but were not wearing her hijab correctly. Since then, women and people in Iran have revolted and have protested day in and day out. Protests have also broke out in different parts of the country, I mean, in, the wor- in different parts of the world, in support of Iran and Iranian women. Since protests started on September 16th, so it's literally about to be a month almost since protests started, about 185 people have been killed during protests, both by police and by other causes of death, according to human rights reporters. So just want to bring light to, even though we talked about the things that are happening in Iran in our last episode of our podcast, I really want to bring light that the protests and human rights, especially women's rights, are still being fought for in Iran. I mean, they're being fought for here in the United States as of recent, but Iran is killing women for not wearing their hijab correctly, or at least that's what happened to Mas. Mas- Masa Amini, 22-year-old. And now we're going to go over to British Columbia in Canada, where the effects of global warming can be seen incredibly well. So this is happening all over the world, which really affecting um, animals. Most recently in the Sahara Desert in Africa, we saw uh, carcasses of zebras, zebras that are about to be extinct, found dead because they have not been able to find water in the desert. So they have died of dehydration and their carcasses have been found. That's one of the many effects of global warming. And then most recently in Canada, in British Columbia, at the Nika River, researchers found about 60,000 carcasses of salmon floating in the river. Salmon that did not complete their migration because of the warming of waters, and these are just the effects of global warming. Like I said, this is happening all over the world. Not only are animals dying because of climate change, it's changing the environment for humans, as we have seen with the hurricanes and how hard the hurricanes have been recently. But it's just some of the many effects that are happening in the world. All right, y'all. So I told you some tea. I told you some truth. And baby girl, it is time for me to talk some shit so i'll see you in the next segment of the podcast because we have a lot of shit to talk about Welcome to my favorite part of the podcast, Cuando Hablo Mierda. Okay, look, if there's one thing about me and that I love is I love to talk. This is why this whole podcast is called It's Just a Talk. But when I'm talking, I also love to talk shit. And sometimes I, I 
throw some shit talking throughout the podcast, but there's a whole segment dedicating to just talking shit on It's Just a Talk podcast. We're going to kick it off with um, all the people who still defend Mr. K. West, not really going to use his full name because he's been blacklisted in my mind, in my brain, and he has been blocked on my Spotify playlist. If y'all didn't know that, you can do that. You can block artists on your Spotify playlist to never play on your Spotify playlist. This might be controversial. I have Mr. K. West blocked. I have um, R. Kelly blocked. I have Chris Brown blocked. Um, I have Taylor Swift blocked. Um, You know, the problematic people, I haven't blocked. So they never pop up on any of my shuffles. Um, I think I found this out when I was like, I need to stop. I I don't want my shuffles to have Taylor Swift. And somebody said, just block her and she'll never pop up. And now, bitch. We blocking artists, too. So if you're still defending Mr. K. West after all the shit that he has done, all the things that he has said, I don't know how you can look yourself in the mirror. So most recently for Paris Fashion Week, he had a surprise fashion show in which he had all of his models, mostly folks with melanin, uh, women, men, and children, wear T-shirts that said, White Lives Matter. He also wore the t-shirt himself that said, White Lives Matter. Standing next to Miss Candace Owens, an, an insult that we don't talk about, um, and took a picture of it and thought it was funny to post all over social media. A lot of people try to come and defend him and say, oh, it's art. It's just a commentary on like what the future would look like when white people are the minority in the world. Other people were saying, oh, it's just a commentary. He's just trying to, you know, show the obvious. No, no, no. He has a track record, baby girl. The minute he shook hands with DJT, the moment he put that Make America Great Again red hat, the moment he said that slavery was a choice, the moment he said that Harriet Tubman didn't actually save any slaves and that the Underground Railroad was made up, the moment, (laughs) I kid you not, I kid you not, He went on Tucker Carlson, of all people, went on Tucker Carlson and started talking shit about everybody, about black people, about people who um, don't support him for, for free thinking, for being a free thinker. That's what he says. And then he started talking shit about Lizzo. Yeah. He started saying that uh, Miss Lizzo was a product of what media wants black people to look like. And that um, her being fat is not something to celebrate. It's disgusting and it's hurting her health. And that this is how the genocide of black people starts by making people like Lizzo famous. Bitch, what did Lizzo do to you? So if you're still out here supporting this man, if you're still out here buying his music, his birdcage shoes, 
whatever else you're doing to support this man, I hope you look yourself in the mirror. And I hope you're proud of yourself. Because I'm not, bitch. F you. You are the problem. You continue to give this man money to have this platform. No. You are the problem, sir. And you know who else is the problem? All the incels that have been mob-reviewing Marvel shows or other shows led by women or people of color. Most recently, really, uh, I forget the term. It's like when all these men or people, like white people, um, like bombed the reviews of certain movies and stuff or shows to bring the ratings down. They've been doing that to She-Hulk, which is a great fucking show, okay? I'm a Marvel stan. I am a nerd. I love Marvel. Marvel anything. Comic book anything. Girl, I'm your girl. She-Hulk is very comic accurate. If you read the comics, this is how the she really is. It might be one of the most comic accurate shows that Marvel has ever put out. Yes, I said that, and you can quote me. But all these Marvel incels, all these men have been going to Twitter, to Instagram, to TikTok, saying that Marvel is ruined, that the show has ruined the MCU, and statistically have been um, review bombing. That's what it is. Have been statistically review bombing only shows or movies led by women, people of color, or diversity. If we really want to talk about the MCU, then we can talk about phase one was not a baby girl. It just wasn't. It wasn't, didn't start getting good to the last couple phases. And I'm actually really excited for this show and excited for what this show and shows like Werewolf by Night mean for the Marvel Cinematic Universe. So for all you men, yes, I said men, feeling like your masculinity is being taken away by Marvel because now there's shows being led by women or people of color. F you. And we're talking shit about you. Fuck you. Also, I don't know what she did, but I just know that the GOP, F the GOP, they must have done something in the last week that I didn't hear about. So F them. <laughs> just to end the podcast, I'm going to give you a couple final spicy nuggets. And yes, my nuggets, my final nuggets are spicy, but I'm a little spicy too. I want to just say be careful to everybody in the Bay Area or Sacramento area, Northern California. Most recently, there's been a serial killer that are dubbing the Stockton serial killer. He's killed four people, four Latino men at night. He ambushes Latino men and shoots them. His last two victims have been here in Oakland. So please be careful, y'all, if you're in the Bay Area or in NorCal. Watch your bags. Don't walk alone. I'm just telling you. I've been walking Coco before sunset now. I used to walk her at like 12, 1 in the morning. Because, you know, she had a flashlight. She felt safe. But now I've been walking her before sunset. I ain't trying to be a statistic. Nah, girl. Mm -mm. Also, for all my Paramount High School folks, for folks that um, grew up in Southern California, I don't know if you heard about this scandal. There's a scandal at Paramount High School where... 
20 years later, literally somebody that graduated when I graduated, I literally know this person or I knew this person in high school, um, is suing the school, suing Paramount High School in Paramount, California, because she alleged she alleges that um, one the student assistant of the music teacher who was in his 20s and her had a relationship when she was 16. The music teacher knew about this relationship. And then when she got pregnant, the music teacher helped cover up the pregnancy. Basically, what she says happened is that they lied and said that the the student teacher or the the helper who was in his 20s who got the 16-year-old pregnant had died. And the music teacher was like, oh, that means you have to go get an abortion. So she went at 16 without her parents' consent and got an abortion. And now, 20 years later, she's suing the school and the music teacher. And this man who did the pregnancy is nowhere to be found. So I'm just sending positive vibes to this girl, and I hope that if this, this, if that, I believe victims personally. So I believe that this happened. I'm giving you positive energy, and I hope that justice is served. Now, my final spicy nuggets on this bros movie. I have so many things to say about this movie, but I'm gonna keep it short. So I most recently went to see Bros, the movie, with um, Billy Eichner and some other people. I went to see it because it was the first, it's the first gay rom-com with 99% of the cast being LGBTQ that's being backed by a major studio. So I was like, I have to go get the money because if I want to continue to see queer stories backed by major studios, then I need to make sure that I give money to this movie. <sighs> now that it's been a couple of weeks, I can say this and not ruin it to, for everybody. It was not it, yo. It wasn't it. It was just another story about true white gays, buff white gays at that, and how hard it is for them to date in the gay community. Oh, I felt so bad for them. Pobrecito, muscle gay. He can't find love. Pobrecito. It just wasn't it, y'all. It wasn't it. It wasn't... They had its funny moments, but I just felt like it was more cringing than anything. If you really want to see a great queer romantic movie go to hulu watch joe kim boosters fire island i wish that movie was in theaters i wish a movie like that was backed by major by major studios but you know why it wasn't because it's not led by two white men and that's the problem that's where it starts also, like I mentioned before, please go watch Werewolf by Night on Disney+. Plus. If you haven't yet, it's an MCU Halloween special starring Mexican actor Gael Garcia Bernal. So please go watch that. And also, I just want to say, whatever it is that you want in your life, I want you to manifest it, all right? Because manifestation works. And you know who has shown us that? Miss Kiki Palmer. She has shown us the manifestation works. About a year or so ago, she was on The View, and she asked Whoopi Goldberg. She said, 
Whoopi, before I leave the show, I heard that you're remaking Sister Act, or you're doing Sister Act, Sister Act 3. If there is a role for me there, think of me, girl. Think of me, Whoopi. She manifested that shit. And the new poster of the upcoming Sister Act 3 came out recently, and guess who's in it? Kiki Palmer, bitch. So whatever you want, manifest it. Go for it. And don't let anyone tell you that you can't. Before the podcast is over, I want to go ahead and shout out Karen, Edgar, Audrey, and Camille. Thank you for listening to this podcast. And thank you, everybody else, for coming back once again, listening to this podcast, listening to me talk and ramble. This is It's Just a Top Podcast. Your queer, shady, millennial, Latinx, and political podcast where I talk a little tea, I talk a little truth, but you know I always leave time to talk some shit. Once again, I'm your host, Mauricio, and I'm so grateful that you decided to come and listen to this podcast today. And remember, I'm everything I am because the hood loved me. Bye, y'all. Cuando te critiquen, tú solo di. Soy yo.